Michael, I'm I'm so sore after uh, flying from Toronto. I mean, in retrospect, it's a good thing that we didn't go to Tokyo and went to uh, Toronto, Canada, because as it would happen, I have some familial ends with a certain brewery in a certain land that is east of where we are going. Yeah, head in the right direction, right? Oh yeah! Hi everyone. Welcome to American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. As all as you've heard, I think I'm Jeremy, <laughs> and with me, as I know you've heard, is it's me, Michael. Hi, Michael. How's the uh, this transatlantic plane flight treating you right now? Well, it's always easier to travel east, I think. So is it really? I think so, because it like puts you ahead rather than bumping you back. I don't know. Huh. But it's going great. I, I guess I went four hours ahead last summer. Last summer. But I've never gone, like, hilariously far into the uh, past like you have. I've only gone hilariously into the future. <laughs> okay. I've only, I've only gone east. And seven hours ahead is weird. Or eight or whatever GMT is. I don't remember. But it's, uh, it's no good. But you know what's keeping me awake during this trip, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about it. You uh, sent me this, I, the picture you sent me, right? I, I did. I sent you this picture from when we were in the uh, terminal waiting for your plane and you were uh, hammered at the Chili's. But uh, see, while you were doing... It was doing... the Chili's 2. Okay, you're right. I'm sorry. Chili's 2. My bad. But uh, Marshmallow Exdurance Rockstar. Michael. So you you had been uh, complaining about energy drink. Right. And some of the odd flavors that were on your bachelor party party bus... And then you sent this to me. I didn't know energy drinks uh-huh. got this freaky. <laughs> Tell the fine folks at home the flavor and the brand and the <laughs> caffeine amount in this energy drink you bought. Okay, so uh, from stack3d.com on July 4th, 2019, Rockstar announces a new marshmallow flavor marshmallow. for its Exdurance drink. Now, I feel like I should preface this by saying that I have uh, an affinity for the Rockstar drinks, not necessarily because of their taste. It all kind of tastes the same to me when you're... Uh, as long as it's sugar-free or zero cal, that sort of thing. I can't do the OGs because it's too, like, metallic. But uh, Rockstars seem to be on sale at just about every day of the week. Mm-hmm. So that's why I get them, because they're a dollar as opposed to $3. Yes. That said, from Stack 3D, Rockstar has announced an all-new flavor of its high-caffeine exterance performance drink that one month ago had a huge 24-ounce can mm-hmm. size unveiled. I did not know that. Sure. Rockstar's exterance drink has zero sugar, zero calories, and a formula consisting of BCAAs, CoQ10, electrolytes for hydration, and a strong 300 milligrams of caffeine. So that's well over 32 ounces of coffee, I want to say. Yeah, um... Yeah, I, yeah, I, th- I think right so. around there. Like yeah, one, one twenty is like a is like a strong cup of coffee, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. The product is currently available in a handful of flavors, including cotton candy, kiwi strawberry, and the lengthily named Super Sour's Green Apple. So I had one of these several weeks ago when Grub of the Show was visiting with her children, and I made her try it specifically so I could, you know, talk mm-hmm. about it on on here. Because this was the week after the bachelor party. She claims it tasted like medicine. But I think that's just because she's not a fan of the energy drink. Right. Does it taste like marshmallow is my question. Yeah, it kind of does. It's weird. Okay. It's it's weird. <sighs> it's, uh, it's incredibly crushable. Which is unfortunate. Because this does not need to be crushable. <laughs> right. This should, be hard. Be this should be hard to drink. Right. Um, 
I have not mixed it with anything because, like, Council of the Great White North says, you don't mix your uppers and your downers. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's... It usually ends poorly. That's a bad idea. Um, And what would go well with marshmallow? Marshmallow-flavored vodka. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they make that, too. That's yeah, right. Yeah, they do. <laughs> or, or, like, I mean... Like, I imagine something strawberry-flavored would go okay. Oh, yeah, that might not be bad. I give it a salt 3.5 out of 5. Okay, okay. It's good, but it's no cotton candy, nor is it blue raz. <laughs> That's right, you like the blue raz of energy drink. I do like the blue raz energy drink. I had one earlier tonight, by the way. Because, you know, we're traveling on this trip, and I need to have one before <laughs> right, I have yeah. one in order to wake up. You needed an eye-opener, quite literally. <laughs> yes, I've been. I will be back in time for the wedding and for the uh, film scream. I guess more importantly, in some circles, but I've been looking up ways to stay up longer, because I kind of crashed about four times. You need to get off this stuff until then, and then when you use it, you won't have the attunement to it, and you'll be like, "Oh, I did that." Oh, you need more. <laughs> uh, have you thought about mm, cocaine or Adderall? Uh. Have I thought about it? <laughs> no. Uh, I think what I'm going to do this coming year is I'm going to do my no caffeine till Brooklyn, or at least little caffeine till Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to... Sorry, that, that one got me for some reason. Yeah, you're, it's all right. That's quite all right. I'm going to uh, make a point to take the like the one cup of coffee before I leave for work in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably going to crap out and be a weak, weak man and need more coffee to get through the week. That said, I feel like my goal is to do the caffeine nap, wherein one uh, drinks a surprising amount of caffeine and then takes a nap right before you need to stay up. Oh, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. So there's your energy drink brag. Yes. Uh, How about a beer brag? So before we left, I took a trip to Big Girl Brewery because they, they have brand new supplies of Big Ed Okay. Which was not there at the bachelor party. What the so but, related to Easy Eddie, right? It's it's the double. Okay, you've said this before. I just needed to confirm. Yes, okay. It's it's a fantastic double IPA. While I was there trying that out, I had the uh the sticky hands. Mm. Which is a triple. It is a West Coast triple. Oh, so it's this is it is not the triple of uh, of Easy Eddie. Not for the faint of heart. This is West Coast. It's it's ten something. Um, I believe my untapped description of it had stinky lemons <laughs> because it was very very dank and very very citrusy. Hmm. And it's quite phenomenal. And they have, I mean, as you noticed when you, we were down there, I assume that they have a pretty striking, constant rotation of IPAs coming through. In addition to the core three or mm-hmm. four that they do. It's getting ridiculous. It's getting crazy. They have a laurel distinction. It's a hazy that comes in at 8.2, and it tastes like you're drinking mango juice. It's terrifying. Hmm. Uh, I'm glad I only had a taster, because that could have gotten out of hand really quick. But that's enough about me and Big Grove, Michael. What do you got? I have the maybe best beer I've had all summer. My God. Yes. Let's see here. Let me bring it up. Budweiser. I had from Budweiser. I'm regressing dramatically on the show. Um, no, it was from New Glarus, Kid Kolsch. And I hadn't seen it till later in the summer. So it's kind of a late entry, at least from what I've noticed, into the uh, mm-hmm. 
summery beers, but it was really good. It had a, like, just, it was so crisp, and it had an awesome pop. The pop is clutch on a clutch. Yeah, it was like a pop of glass shatters playing in the Attitude Era. That kind of huge pop. The malt was dead on. No funky flavors or aftertaste or lingering sweetness or, mm-hmm. you know, lingering bitterness, which usually you don't see in a Kolsch, but there can be weird ones out there. It's It's been known to happen. Yeah. The needles were all, like, centered right where they should be for a Kolsch. It's just great. Excellent. Yes. Well, Jeremy, I believe you have some sort of surprise based on the country and the brewery that we're going to, maybe? So I don't I don't know how much of a surprise this is going to be, okay. but as I'm pretty sure I've yammered about on this podcast at least a time or two, I am of at least partial Danish descent. Yes. We are I mean, would you look at that? We're just landing right now in uh in Denmark. So fun fact, Michael, the Danish villages of Elkhorn and Kimbleton, Iowa, where <laughs> my grandparents are from, yes. are the two largest rural Danish settlements in the United States. Okay. So they have an authentic Danish windmill, which I believe is the only one in the States, a Museum of Danish America, which I'm unaware of, and a sculpture of the Little Mermaid. Oh, now, yes. It's, 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 it's weird because like it's, I think, a one-to-one recreation of the, uh, the one that's in, I think it's Copenhagen? Yeah. Okay, good. That would have reflected really poorly on me had I not known this. Right. Um, they do a lot of parades and like community days, so, like some people do like Fourth of July or like Solon Beef Days or things like that. They do it called Tivoli Fest. I don't oh. know what it means, but it's usually during Memorial Day. They have a okay. parade, they have a bike ride, and apparently they have the third annual World Able Skiver Eating Contest. Michael, do you know what an Able Skiver is? I was just about to ask you um, something skewer. Is it something on a stick? No. Oh. There's no skewer involved. Okay. Well, <laughs> you use a toothpick to flip them over. Oh, is it like little sausages? It's not a meat. Whoa. And I can make you these too. I have the pan for it. Oh, is this the thing that... Uh... I'm sending you a link right now. All right. I want to see what this. an able skeever is. For the layperson, an able skeever is a uh, pancake puff. It's, yeah. it's like a tiny little uh, pancake... Sphere? Sphere, the yeah. The pans are intense, man. You could, like, kill... You could kill a man with these giant cast iron pans. There's uh, seven holes in them. They're about two inches, one and a half, two inches deep and around. Mm-hmm. That's pretty great. I've never made any of the stuffed ones, but I want to. Uh, the family and I usually have them at Christmas, which is, I guess, oh, what they do, but... That looks good. Um, it's amazing. Like you just eat about fourteen of those. Yeah, you could just hammer and you those. Feel like I'm you're sure. gonna. F- yeah, you can, and it ends poorly because <laughs> I, if I'm remembering correctly, a pan of those is equal to about like three pancakes. Okay, it's kind of deceptive. I want to say there's like an entire cup of batter in one of the in a pan, as opposed to, you know, a quarter cup per pancake for like your standard, like. Silver dollar ish oh, wow. pancakes. Okay. Okay. I mean, there's that. There's Medister Pulse. Danish food is underrated, and I don't know why. Uh, Wikipedia tells me that frikadeller, which I've mentioned multiple times on this, which are Danish meatballs that I think have like beef and maybe veal, maybe pork. Those are great. There's pork patties. There's a fried sausage that I have like an uncooked one in the freezer now that I think about it. They're also known for aquavit. 
I mean, I guess technically Malort is the closest thing I've had to it, mm-hmm. but Aquavit gets its distinctive flavor from spices and herbs, Michael. The dis- dominant flavor must, according to the EU, come from a distillate of caraway and or dill seed. <laughs> dill seed. I know, right? It's it's one of those things where it's like served as kind of an aperitif, and it's one of those things it's like tastes like garbage apparently, but old men like to sip it sort of like German people will sip Jägermeister or at least mm-hmm. second oh, gen Germans yeah. like my grandparents will. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, we're mentioning this cuisine, which all sounds very intriguing, but I have to give a shout out to the, the Danish cuisine I know, the Kringle. Kringle is also pretty tight. Grandma used to make those quite a bit. It looked like a whole hell of a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, we usually get those just from the store these days. Sure. Which is unfortunate, but what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. But, Michael, we're here for a reason. We're here for the beer, technically. I, yeah, well, I mean, it's good to see the homeland, though. <laughs> yes, right, I mean, right. This is technically where I get my red hair and my red beard from, even though I'm finding more and more gray hairs in my red beard every day. <laughs> But that's okay, because Grandpa, on that side, once won a beard-growing contest at Tivoli Fest. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is 100% true. The, the pictures are amazing. I think I was like one year old, maybe less. Yeah. yeah the, the beard goes down past his collarbone. It's like red at the roots for about an inch, and then it just goes like stark white. It's pretty great. <laughs> so hopefully one day I can live up to that, uh, that standard and win a beard-growing contest. <laughs> I'd love to see it. <laughs> Me too. Although I, I, I fear I'd be thrown out of the house if I did that. Yeah. <laughs> but Michael, enough of that. Where are we at? We are in Copenhagen, Denmark. And yes, we sir. are at the Carlsberg Brewery. Uh, so some facts about the brewery. I could go into the history mm-hmm. and stuff, but... Here, these are my five facts that I pulled from Wikipedia that I thought were interesting about <laughs> Carlsberg, the history and brewery. Um, it also should be noted that this is like pretty big corporate European beer, the Miller of Europe, essentially. But it's also actually European and not brewed in Toronto. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so take that as you will. Okay. Uh, I hesitate to say this one, but... Um... <laughs> Some of the company's original logos include an elephant, after which some of its lagers are named. It's as, true. As you bragged about on the show uh, I have. a while back. And the swastika, the use of which oh was boy. discontinued in the 1930s because of its association with political parties in neighboring Germany. Well, at least they did it in the 30s and not in like the 60s. <laughs> right, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Because if you're going to be one of those people that just ruins the party, there's always a, well, actually... And they talk about how it was like a Nordic symbol or, or some sort of, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it was, but yeah. doesn't matter. It's ruined. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You can't do that anymore. Right. Right. Here's one I think you'll like, Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a longer one, but it's a throwback to something we talked on the show before. Carlsberg's tagline, probably the best lager in the world, was created in 1973. It began to appear in company corporate ads around the world from the 1980s onwards until it was replaced in 2011 in most regions by the new tagline, That Calls for Carlsberg. The voiceover for the original ad in 1983 was voiced by actor Orson Welles. Sweet. I was waiting for it. 
This has been used repeatedly over the years. Here's my favorite part. Wells was not (laughs) expensive, and he liked the advertisements, so he kept his fees to a minimum. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I think that's just an excuse as to why he kept his fees to a minimum. (laughs) I I think he was an old, old fat man and needed the money. (laughs) And liked the beer, probably. Um, That too. As we've seen in that one champagne commercial he did. Yes. Um, (laughs) Frozen peas. Um... (laughs) Here's a sciencey one for you and I, Jeremy. Sure. Um, Jacobson, which was the founder of Carlsberg, that's the guy's last name. Sounds about right. <laughs> set up the Carlsberg Laboratory in 1875, which he worked on scientific problems related to brewing. It featured a department of chemistry and a department of physiology. The yeast species used to make pale lager, Sarcomyces carlsbergensis, uh, was isolated at the laboratory in 1983. And shared freely by Carlsberg. Hmm. Here's a little wrinkle to the whole thing. The Carlsberg Laboratory also developed the concept of pH and made advances in protein chemistry. Yes. Something as rudimentary as pH. <laughs> Had to start somewhere. It's true. So Carlsberg, the brewery, is part of Carlsberg Group, which brews more than 500 different beers. Uh, I would say most of which really don't see in the U.S. This is mainly... Sure. Uh, European uh, and Asia, but um, yeah, they're a big one. They're a big player for sure. Last fact to put the cheery facts into perspective. A factory in Nepal owned by Carlsberg has been shown to severely pollute a nearby river. I'm sure it has. (laughs) Initially, Carlsberg denied the pollution, but has since admitted wrongdoing. Okay. (laughs) So those are the Carlsberg facts. Jeremy, let's get into the beer itself. So, Michael, uh, they do have a whole truckload of different kinds of beer, including oh, yeah. soft drinks inclu- that named Carlsberg Sport. Oh, wow. I think one of these beers is going to show up uh, later on in our international tour, actually. Yes, I think there's another one by them. A uh, certain numbered beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, there's like 10 pages of beers. It's it's pretty expansive, that's for sure. They make um, water, too. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so I'm so sorry, Michael. Please, uh, the OG, continue. Yes, uh, the OG, which I believe is on their website as Danish Pilsner. It is on there. Uh, it's the bottle on the website says Danish Pilsner. Under the products, though, it is listed as a European pale lager. Okay. So, oh, by the way, this is the FDR where we find a beer, drink a beer, rate a beer. It's true. We're having Carlsberg. In um, an 11.2 ounce bottle. Thanks, EU. So this is, uh, here's some flavor text. In pursuit of a better beer. At Carlsberg, the pursuit of better beers in our DNA. More than 100 years after our founder, J.C. Jacobson, mastered the art of brewing great Pilsner, we're still looking for ways to improve our beer. Our perfectly balanced Danish Pilsner is wonderf- wonderfully crisp and refreshing with a full flavor and a distinctive hoppy aroma. Jeremy, how do I say that? S-K-A-L. Skull. Okay, thank you. So this is a full-bodied Danish Pilsner. Malt is Pilsner malt. Null locks barley. Don't know what that is. Interesting. Uh, hops, are, hops are listed as a blend of quality hop varieties ensuring consistent taste. 5% ABV. Part of me is assuming that when they say it's select hops, means they just select the crap that no one else wants and doesn't <laughs> really have a name, and they just throw it in there because it needs to be slightly bitter. I noticed that in uh, even at Big Grove, on their Boomtown, they refer to it as Select Hops. 
Oh, and really? I th- and I and I think that's done to a either just like it's like hop A, or they don't want to scare off the normies who are like get weirded out when like it has notes of mandarina hops, with right? A, a, a touch of mosaic. You know, I I think they're trying to avoid freaking out that crowd. Yes. And then we just say, uh, uh sure, select whatever. Right. Right. So this is the flagship beer brand in their portfolio. And I'd also like to point out that this comes in a green bottle, which may play yes. a role in this beer. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. Green beer is a hallmark of Northern Europe. Yes. Uh, yeah, the green bottles don't filter light out very well, but uh, mm-hmm. we'll see if that plays a role. Uh, this was first brewed in 1904, and the logo has been unmodified since 1904. It's a fine font. Yeah, it's uh, what they call it. Art Nuevo, N- Nuevo, Nuevo. That's, nu- that's <laughs> N-O-U-V-E-A-U. Nouveau. Nouveau. Art Nouveau. It's French. Yeah, that's my problem language. Final fact about the beer itself: uh, it's in Denmark. It is known as the Hof. Sweet. Oh yeah. Hey. Uh, <laughs> no further comment. Due to yeah. its royal warrant, apparently Hof means court. Obviously. Oh. This nickname was adopted into the brand in 1931, but was discontinued in 1991. The term is used in other markets still, though, in UK and Sweden. And I believe there's a beer on the website that it has Hoff in the name, too. Well, but probably. I closed the window, so I don't know what it is. That's all, it's all good. I've closed uh, many windows. Um, so this, uh, it smells like a yellow European beer. It smells like a certain stinky Dutch beer. Oh, uh-oh. Yeah, probably one of their main competitors. I've opened it and poured already, in case you couldn't tell. Yes. I went for the... Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man, I just opened it. And uh, that's... Uh, I got I got the stench. So I kind of enjoy that smell. I I, I don't dislike it. It's got its own thing. Much like the, uh, the Kieran and the Sapporo have their own weird rice lager thing. Yeah. I suspect this is some sort of weird blend of select hops... And uh, well, you know a what weird, it is. You're a European yeast. I think it's also the green bottle. That's probably part of it too. Because when UV light hits alpha acids, it creates thiols. So okay. Question for you, number two, smart Alec. Mm-hmm. Why does Heineken on draft taste the same way? I don't know. <laughs> That's right. Which gives. <laughs> I actually thought about that today when I was thinking about that fact. And then I... Well, no, you're not wrong. And, like, I I have had funky, funky Heinekens in my day. But it's not the normal funk. Because I've I've had Heineken on draft, I think, twice Mm -hmm. when I was in Europe. And it tasted shockingly similar to the American version. Because usually, like, the Guinness tastes different. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it's part of the yeast and the hops. That's the only thing that makes sense. Because the barley's not going to mess with the funk unless the barley is like pre-spoiled or something <laughs> but but yeah anyway i've given you my thoughts on the subject oh i think i think the truth lies somewhere in all those thoughts uh continuing on the theme of this trip this is a yellow yellow beer michael mm-hmm. there's little to no head on this thing crystal clear crystal clear looks like i mean it looks like an american lager yeah, a, li- a light lager, I dare even say. It maybe, um, get a little effervescence there, but 
Yeah, nothing too much else to note. I've never had one of these before. How many uh, European pale lagers have you had, Michael, that you can think of? You know, Heineken is the only one I can think of right now. Oh, okay, here we go. Here, here's a list. Stella Artois, Heineken, Harp, Peroni, Grolsch, a certain one that I'm not going to mention because we're going to have it later. Okay. Uh, St. Pauli Girl. Oh, yeah. Tiger Beer. Zwick Beer, which is a Heineken-ish. Kingfisher. Tuborg. Uh, and then a bunch of stuff. Uh, Casablanca Beer. <laughs> so I've had about eight of those. One part of me is excited to try this because I've not uh-huh. had it before, but the other part of me is trying to temper the expectations because it's, it's, you know, it's Denmark's Budweiser. Michael, go in. I've already gone in. I I just went in, too. It tastes like a Heineken. Yes. Have we done Heineken on the show? We've not, no. And we should probably do that sometime. Maybe have a council of the show do that one with us. Yeah, he's a... He's a connoisseur of Heineken. Yeah, an Amsterdam expert. Indeed. He had the uh, the life there for several months as he studied abroad there. Mm-hmm. But it was also one of the classier beers one could order before the craft beer revolution hit our fine university town. Yes. And it makes you look cool when you have a green bottle in a bar like that, at least at the time. Now it makes you probably look like a jackass, but... <laughs> well... Only one way to find out. Michael, you're ordering a Heineken. <laughs> to quote Dennis Hopper... Pabst Blue Ribbon. Already digressing for a good reason, but yeah, yeah. Let me see if I can. So you get kind of yeah, you get the kind of sweet malt flavor at the beginning, and it finishes with this skunkier hop finish. But it's still pretty clean. You get a little lingering sweetness, a little lingering hop, but nothing too black. I mean, at least at this point in the beer. Um but not too much else remarkable about it. There's kind of a, a coppery taste, maybe a little bit. Maybe just kind of the malts that are used deliver that. Uh, My father refers to the taste of this beer as wangy. Yes, and I like that because it... It fits. It fits. I, like, I don't know what it means, but it fits. The way the word sounds is the way it tastes. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, like, overall, nothing's overtly bad about it. Maybe a little too sweet, but... um. There's if nothing, like, like, overtly good either. If you like that, you're... Well, I would disagree with you on that. It does have a very characteristic taste, which which if you enjoy, it certainly delivers on that, the European pale lager. Uh, that's that's precisely the point that I was going to bring up, Michael. It's, it's one of those things, like, I would contend that European pale lager is unique enough of a style, or at least compared to normal American light light-ish, light-adjacent mm-hmm. lagers. That this weird Dutch stink, for lack of a better word, is its own thing, and I kind of enjoy it. It would definitely pass the reach test, I'll tell okay. you Okay. So this was the next question I was going to pose. Somebody comes up to you, a beer in each hand. One is this Carlsberg, and one is High Life. What do you choose? In what situation am I being offered this? Mm. This is situational. So you'll at least a situational variant. Oh, absolutely. Hmm. Uh, let's say a picnic, outdoor, four o'clock. What foods are being served? Bratwurst. Oh, Carlsberg. Okay. <laughs> and and I don't think that that's an it's even an option because Yerman, 
I guess. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. That makes sense. Okay, hamburgers. Well, considering they come from Hamburg, Germany, Michael. Uh, they were made in, like, Rhode Island or something. Yeah, more. Okay. <laughs> so as much as the green bottle is appealing and kind of unique, I actually wanted to get this beer for us in a different delivery method because at my local grocery store, mm-hmm. they sell a Carlsberg can that has to be at least 32 ounces, if not more. Seriously? It would not surprise me if it is a pint. Why do you... No, not a pint. What am I talking about? A a quart? quart? (laughs) Yes. It is the biggest can I've ever seen, and I wanted to do it in a um, blind man birthday dance sometime, and, you know, because we could split the thing and each have, like, a pint each. I swear this thing is gigantic. I'll have to do a little roving reporting and get back to you on the actual size, but I need to, like, I'm not a... I guess I wouldn't really be binge drinking because this is not a heavy-hitting beer, but uh-huh. I'm not a big multi-drinking uh, night drinker anymore. <laughs> None of that made sense. <laughs> I just need to get that at some point in my life. Oh, a 32-ounce can? Yeah. Or 30X. I don't know. This thing's huge. I Anyway, my sorry. That's, that's kind of a little asterisk well, to this whole conversation. Anyway. Add that to your shopping list. Aquavit, <laughs> Giant Carlsberg. Come in early to the wedding. Party hard. But, uh, God, we're just all over the place because you know what? This is, I think this is a prototypical just stinky Dutch beer, even though it's from Denmark. Right. This reminds me of that whole oeuvre of beer making. Um, Please, Michael. It's pronounced (laughs) oeuvre. So, I mean, yeah, there's not much more to say about it. So should we get into the ratings? Let's do. So what, what what do you like about this beer, Michael? So, if anything, I'm not like down on the whole like flavor profile, this European lager flavor profile. And going back to my earlier question, I probably like it more than the American domestic flavor profile. It's just a little, has a little zazz to it, a little uniqueness. A little zhuzh. Yeah, but I'm sure if I had it often, I wouldn't like it that much. It's a every once in a while type beer, um, just to mix it up. Cupcakes are sometimes food, Michael. Yeah. Carlsberger's is sometimes, sometimes beer. beer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's see. I'm, I'm proud of that. Gauging this against the other world tour. God. And uh, now I'm I'm just, now I'm being influenced by like the branding and stuff. I gotta go with my heart though. I'm gonna give it a 2.75 because I think I like the Kieran a little more. Mm-hmm. Definitely better than the Sapporo by far. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about a three, but I don't know. I'm hedging. I think that would be being influenced by some of this branding is just like oh it's different it's green it's this and that it's danish which is cool but the mm-hmm. beer in itself is yeah just falls into that kind of nadir of 2.75 i i realize that i may be you know torn by the uh the beer of my people mm-hmm. yeah i'm curious to see where this inner conflict takes us jeremy so i understand that this is an odd style much like the uh, the rice lager, if we're going to call that, of the Sapporo Nikirin from the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks, has its own weird corkscrew twist, whatever. Yeah. Based on regional differences, ethnic differences, tastes, brewing styles, whatever. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> um, I feel like I like this weird, stinky European beer more than I like the rice lager style. That's fair enough. And with that in mind, 
I have just heard back from a uh, council of the show who I asked how he would describe the weird Dutch beer stink slash flavor. Okay. He says, and I quote, subquote, skunky, and subquote, is the word I've heard the most, but I think that's not very generous. And I'd agree with him on that. Yeah, there could be a better word to describe that. It's it's not funk, as established in the mm-hmm. last episode, because funk has its own unique, wild right. or origins Brett. to it. Yeah. For a bread or just like leaving the door open while you ferment the beer. Yeah. This, I, f- I feel like it's some sort of weird bittering process done with a noble hop mm. that gives these beers its own unique flavor. Yeah. But I'm jabbering. I give this beer a 3.5. I enjoy this style of beer. This is a perfectly cromulent version of it. And I don't know if a good version of this beer is all that good overall. Right. Like, is there? Can you improve upon this? Maybe not. I I don't know. That's that's right. the problem. Yeah. I, I I'd have to know how in the world they do the the stink. What is I the craft European lager? You know, like what is mm-hmm. what is that angle? That's actually a really good question. Um, in any case, that's another one down the gullet. It is another one down the gullet. Uh, you can get in touch with us in a variety of ways: Facebook, Twitter apmpod at gmail.com and on untapped where host emeritus mike <laughs> keeps up with all of our ratings there thanks mike thanks mike rate review and subscribe on your favorite device app thing but uh we'll leave it at that so for jeremy i've been michael for michael i've been jeremy and this has been american pale males cheers cheers, cheers.